On today's episode, we continue our discussion with Conan Neutron of Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends about Nick Cave. This is The Operative. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Talking to people about the, their favorite musical artist, or, uh, most of the time it ends up being that that artist has inspired what they write. Mm-hmm. Um, the like sound like sound wise, yeah, sound wise. Okay, sure. But it sounds like for you, uh, the way that Nick Cave, yeah, it's, works, it's, 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 it's a, right, yeah, the the way that he applies mm-hmm. like, things to to his songwriting to the to his, his work process. It, it, it's <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more like it, it, yeah, it, it is more the process. It's more of the, the the way it fits together. Because I mean, I'm coming from a like you know, in some ways, I'm coming from a similar place. But I'm coming from a different 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 place than he is big yeah. time. And like I, I don't know if you listen to Secret Friend stuff if you if you would get that he's such a big influence on me at all. Mm. But one of the reasons why is because he's just constantly managed to find new ways to dig deeper. Like I said, I don't really care for that last record, mm-hmm. but he managed to like dig deep in a way and write some songs that were clearly very personal, move, personally moving to himself, and make a wildly different kind of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds record. Right. But it sounds like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds because it has that connective thread of like Warren Ellis and, and Nick and Nick Cave doing their thing, and they, you know, again, it's not for me. But I appreciate that, and mm. I appreciate the fact that, like, Nick Cave could crank out Murder Ballads Part Two, Part Three, without even thinking about it. Right. You know, and that wouldn't be, and that wouldn't be a problem at all. And you know, again, on my macrocosmic things that nobody cares about level, I could crank out Art of Murder Two without even thinking right. about it, and outdo it probably. Not to sound right. like a dick, but I I know what worked. I know how this band operates as a a recording entity and I'm just better at writing songs because I've done a lot more of it since then. But that wouldn't make me happy. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm more interested in trying different stuff. So we just recorded a record at the time of this recording two weeks ago Mm. and for me this is the weird goth record. Like it's a concept record about mental health and depression. Mm. And like but there's a couple hard bangers. This song sounds like fucking Judas Priest on there. Mm. You know, I mean, to me, I'm, people will probably say it sounds like Queens of the Stone Age, like everything else they do. But, um, you know, there's some songs that are, like, different. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can put it. They're they're different. And to me, it still very much sounds like Secret Friend stuff, and it's it works in the, in the pantheon of the songs. But if people are just expecting a bunch of songs that sound like... Uh, Abbott fan and Chesapeake Ripper like I mean, it looks somewhere else right because <laughs> that's not happening well and that's what too with the the songs that you've put out through the protons and electrons series it seems like that's yeah. a good chance for like you have the I, I don't know if those songs were all conceived as like one collective thing no very but, much but like the the first two albums sound like songs of the a songs time sit play- together yeah, yeah. In, in the way that and, albums that are yeah, yeah. And each one of these singles sounds a little different so as much as all the songs in Art of Murder are kind of there's certain key things in them to make them all sound very good together mm-hmm. and to make them sit well together and that was part of the conceit of the album like again I've always got like you know, conspiracy theory board brain about this kind of stuff. Where I can, I'll tell you all the details you want about it, but I don't know if it's interesting to anyone but me. Right. <laughs> but with protons and electrons, it was exactly the opposite. The idea was these are conceived of as singles. So all the the only conceit is they have to get in 
and get out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You got to do what they do and just get out, uh, which is a challenge in and of itself. But the idea is like, I want a bunch of songs that like just express different aspects of what the band does and where these songs can go. Where there's going to be poppy songs, there's going to be noisy songs, there's going to be hard rocking songs, there's going to be weird songs, and they're singles. Right. In days of yore, like I mean, the Who. I'm gonna get grief for this too. I don't think the Who ever made a go-to record, mm-hmm. and Who's Next is probably the closest. But their best stuff is all their singles, mm-hmm. and I love that kind of stuff. So this was me, like as a fan of rock and roll, trying to apply what I do and what this band does towards right. that aspect of things, and it resulted in some songs that, frankly, I don't know if I would have had the guts to write otherwise, mm-hmm. because there was no other. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about what came before and after it. Right. It was just like, all that mattered was that two and a half minutes to do the thing. And it was a great exercise. And like I said, that's vacuuming intensifies. (laughs) (laughs) It's some of my favorite shit. And like, that was something where like, that was a challenge for me. It's a challenge for everyone too, because when we recorded, we recorded like 19 songs at the same time, which is just, I told everyone I would never do that to them again but mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards. But, like, people were such in a daze that, like, when the singles actually come out, because we have so much live material at this point, I'm surprised. They'd be like, oh, yeah, this song. I forgot all about it. This song kicks ass. <laughs> like, I'm surprised by my own material coming out. Uh, but I loved even being able to do it, let alone the fact that it was on the merits of what we were trying to accomplish seems to be successful. Even if the actual distribution rollout of how we've done it has tended to be more overwhelming for people i think where people are just like ah there's a, you're always busy doing stuff i'm like well it's not there's a thing it's right. like a, there's a <laughs> like you don't have to like it but mm. i don't feel like it's that difficult to understand yeah, like, yeah. what's happening here uh but you know like, it's a busy world yeah. and, and and i actually felt that one of the reasons why i wanted to do it that way is i kind of feel like you have these records in this day and age, you put out a record, maybe one or two songs kind of get people latch onto it, people pay attention to it. Yeah. Rest of the time, you know, there's songs that like people are like, oh yeah, is that on there? Oh yeah, you mm. know, it kind of never really gets to stay in the sun. And with the protons and electrons stuff, this is a way to like let every song kind of like have its opportunity right. to have its moment. Which is not to say that every song gets a moment, but mm. like it's it's a different way to present the material that also I think in a way, it kind of becomes an invitation for multiple things. So from the Secret Friends side, it's an invitation to see, hey, there's many facets of this band. It's not just, like, you know, heavy riffs mm. and, uh, you know, this specific style of, like, harmony vocal and, and like, you know, two smart literary, literary references. It's also an invitation for people to understand in part of the world that there's this connective tissue with everything else. So the other bands that are involved in it, you know, the, the bands on the other sides are bands that either play in the live band, they record with us. There's just some importance to the story of Secret Friends because mm. protons, electrons, neutron, make the atom. And it becomes an avenue of discovery for people to find out about these bands they otherwise wouldn't know about. Mm. And that's important to me because, again, when we're talking about like a world building thing, I don't feel that the crazy way that I got to where I'm at, there's no way I ever would have been able to do any of this if not for the people that I've been connected with right. and, and, and worked with over the years which is not like a daring concept but I wanted to find a way to honor those people and that legacy in a way that is 
that works with how this 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 band as like a superhero team yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever uh, makes sense and mm-hmm. and it's been very successful in that way again in the fact that it's for who it's for mm-hmm. you know I managed to take a band that was more or less uh, more than cost neutral like made a little money shocker to mm. me I'm as shocked as anyone and just do the least profitable thing ever right. like <laughs> but you know it, a lot of the the, the the releases will kind of pay for the next one mm. for the most part and that's uh, that's a nice thing and it's specifically it's the, it's the exact stupid thing I wanted to do mm. with it and it is exactly that it's conceived mm. and <laughs> and uh, uh, all expectations necessarily you have to kind of put them outside the window but it, it's the exact thing that I want it to be mm-hmm. and it's fucking exhausting yeah. but <laughs> it's for the people that it's for mm. and that is sort of some. that's not something that's ever going to go away that's always going to be there as like oh yeah instead of just making a third record there's this crazy fucking thing mm. that happened and like I like that you don't have to know that like mm. I, I look at things as, as like it's not like an indoctrination. Like when you when you get into a band, it's not like uh, here's all the facts you need to know to like this band. Right. But for certain people, such as myself, I like digging into the weird minutia of like, oh, what were they doing when yeah. this record came out? I like that. And for this band specifically, the just the importance of the people that are in it and the different stories that of how I came to be doing this. It requires, if you want to know that part of the story, talking about a bunch of other people and the bands that they're in, mm-hmm. and this is a way for them to be part of that universe, while at the same time, on a very on a very different level, just be like, hey, here's a song you haven't heard by a band that's kind of cool. Right. And that's great. And then also, on, on our side, they're written as singles. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and no expectations. I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> and some of them, too. like, we're never going to play live, I guarantee right. you. Well, it, it, <laughs> not but, interested. But I think that it's interesting for you to do this and not to get you know, so far off the topic but but that uh, it, a lot of people listen to stuff on shuffle listen to Spotify right. playlist Absolutely. and so they're listening to singles essentially yes. which goes back to like the jukebox yes. sort of idea of way back and so for you to take a break from writing full-length albums yeah. to Which do is a this. big ask. Hey, yeah. listen to this for 40 minutes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, it, versus listen to this for two minutes and change. Right, <laughs> because you're, like, odds are there's a very good chance that's the way you're going to listen to it anyway. Right. Like, you're you're going to hear Recant, but you're going to hear it in, in it, the middle It's going to be, like, between, like, a Silkworm song and right. a Gang of Four song. Exactly. And it, it works, and they yeah. work as singles, and that's something that I've always wanted to do, and I've never been able to, like, convince... Anyone, anyone in my bands to do it because it's just labor intensive mm-hmm. and the overhead is so crazy and then the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate thing is that like yeah like I said each song gets a chance to have a day in the sun but that doesn't mean that it has its day in the sun they just have right. an opportunity for yeah. that uh, and I'm fine with that and it, it, what's interesting is always having in this band always having the next thing kind of ready and way to and go has taken off a lot of the like anxiety about like, oh is this gonna hit are people gonna like this is this good like mm-hmm. I don't know like it's just, I don't have any of that anymore well and you don't have time got, I don't have time you got another one coming for so. it. and that's good yeah and that's something that if any if I learned that from anything 
respect from Dale and Buzz and just how they work with stuff where they're just they don't think about that shit at all right. they already got like the next two records like yeah. and I'm like oh wow that's huh okay and it's great it's a way for, you know I mean not that they would like be like have anxiety about oh are people gonna like this I don't give a shit like, yeah. they, they don't need they, again they could make as many if they wanted to just make a bunch of noise records like nobody would care right <laughs> they're the Melvins they've already like marked their place in history yeah but whereas I have not but that said like learning from them about well if you're working on the next thing then all you have to do is like you take care of the logistics for the thing before and that either hits or doesn't the way that it does but you already have the next thing that you're working on and you can focus on that and mm-hmm. like, oh, that's an interesting way to to look at stuff if something were to so, so there's two interesting things first of all the most the thing that most people have like listened to online is the first record the mm-hmm. first day that the first record was announced is the most hits plays whatever that anything ever that i've done oh, wow. period by like a factor of like 10 oh. art of murder has not been listened to online as much as the first record mm. but it sold more and it's almost out of print which is interesting because for me not they're they're different but i think art of murder is the better record it's the entire way people consume music has changed again since we even did protons and electrons right like, to the fact that, like, again, I thought, like, okay, putting out the single every month, cool, that's, you know, that's opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. I guess one of them ended up on, like, a Spotify thing, mm-hmm. like, which I'm like, do people even pay attention to that? Right. I, don't, I don't know. But, like, it's got attention. Oh, okay, cool. Why that one, not this one? I don't fucking know. But right. I don't have any anxiety about it. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, cool, neat. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Because you're, you're I wouldn't on, have thought of that. But it's, you're on the next thing. We got <laughs> the next four coming out in the next four right. months. Exactly. We just recorded the record. Like, and that's, I again took a lot of inspiration for that from from Nick Cave and, mm. and just this always writing on the next thing and he's always like writing like, and doing the work of just sitting down and writing the songs yeah. and knowing that it's just not gonna be there some days mm. and it's not that you're waiting for your muse necessarily it's that like okay well you know clocked in clocked out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe tomorrow but then also having that you know okay inspiration struck here and cool now we have a, apparently have a concept record about mental health and depression and no. that's going to be something that it's going to be interesting for me to see how that hits with people because you know that was actually very difficult lyrically for me to write mm-hmm. uh, but you know I got manic depression mm-hmm. you know it, it's not like I'm just like oh let's pick something from uh, you know, what's, what's the book with all the, the stuff the the diagnosis book oh uh, yes uh, the DSM-4 yeah thank you it wasn't like I was just, just you can get it that out so I sound smarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's very learned. Uh, you know the book with the yeah you know, the things where you you dig the, the ice cream with spoon. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It, it's I mean it's coming from a very personal personal space. Mm-hmm. It's something that you know I deal with like imposter complex all the time. I deal with you know just being so demoralized by like the state of the world or just nothing because i've got a weird broken brain to Mm. like not be able to get off the couch so the fact that like and people don't people are surprised by that because i i'm wildly prolific and very Mm. busy with all the stuff that i do uh but it's not the manic parts you got to worry about (laughs) and the fact that we've got this record now that's going to be you know whether it's as if Frankly, it's probably going to be next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to be really interested to see how and if it connects with people. Because 
it's a record that it's about a bunch of stuff that like I don't think I've heard people write in that way. Mm. And so I feel like it's filling that void for me, and I wonder if it's going to be something that connects with people. And it would be cool if it does, because I think it's an interesting record. Like I said, it's crazy that like two of the hardest bangers that this band has ever done is on the record about depression. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll take it. If mm. that's, you know, freaking put that on my tombstone i guess i don't know <laughs> um but i'm sure by the time it comes out we'll have the next the next thing ready yeah. and then that, that'll and then i'll be like oh yeah that yeah that's cool i'm glad that oh yeah um and, and that <laughs> as much as if uh, if i can be happy <laughs> that makes me happy mm. so uh, but more than anything it makes me fulfilled because i realized a while ago i used to say well what i said in replicator when replicator was was over chris and i had this discussion of I was like oh well you know I don't feel done do you feel done I was like no not at all and then we retooled in Mount Vicious which is a very different kind of band but at the time I said and this is like a young man arrogant thing to say is that like I feel like I could do a good Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. and just stop mm-hmm. and that like there would be kind of this unfulfilled part of our part of me right for the rest of my days but mm-hmm. like I had kind of especially with that band we never achieved like you know this larger fame or anything but we put in a lot of work it meant a lot to a small amount of people and we ended on a good note and mm-hmm. it was it was it was a good was like that's a good uh you know run of books mm-hmm. <laughs> that had a beginning middle and an end right and i used to think that like i could again i was was akin to the jack the ripper analogy of just like jack the ripper just stopped he just stopped mm-hmm. killing people fucking did something else <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was a very naive young man way of looking at it that I didn't realize I, I consider myself a dude that played in a band mm-hmm. and I was like oh no I guess I'm actually an artist mm-hmm. and this is my art form of choice that I happen to be most proficient in mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm going to try to choose my words carefully here. The fact that some aspects of some part of what I do connects with people and brings some value of some kind to their world, I feel is something of a duty. Mm. Again, trying to choose my words carefully here. I'm not saying that like I'm providing like some like humanitarian aid or yeah, something. No, no, but I think, I think you're safe. Yeah, yeah. When I think about all the records that have just kicked my ass in, yeah. Uh, many times over over the years and like you know just help me out of rough times or transitionary periods of my life the fact that some degree of what I've done over the years has provided some modicum of comfort or um, alignment Mm -hmm. with the listener and and had that effect I feel is just like the artistic trade that happens from (laughs) Punk rock as the the life ethos, not the musical genre. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's so important to me. Mm-hmm. And that's when you talk about why do you do what you do, right? That's one of the reasons why. Yeah. And again, if I'm the Nick Cave of things that nobody cares about, Nick Cave is the thing of things that people do care about. And to see people like I saw, I was on a plane. And we were flying out to uh, yeah, some shows we were doing somewhere. I don't remember. And uh, it was a Austin City Limits. 
of like the current Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds band. Mm-hmm. And they were playing songs eh, predominantly off of the last record, the one that I've mentioned at least four times I don't like. Right. But the show was fucking amazing. And to see what people were getting out of it, mm-hmm. that like were having these revelatory emotional experiences because they made this deep connection right. with these songs. And in some cases we're like, oh, that's some song he wrote while he was on heroin 30 years ago. Yeah. And this is a song that he wrote last year after his kid died. And like to see like that connection was something where it was like, wow, that's something to aspire to. Yeah. Because he's been in that game a long time. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing when Tony and I saw Wayne Kramer uh, play with, um, you know, Brandon on drums and oh, right, Kim yeah. from Soundgarden and all yeah. them. That motherfucker's two years younger than my dad. <laughs> and he is like rocking it <laughs> and just ruling the game. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow. And I love seeing, like, I don't get bummed out when I see older people doing doing music. I, like, I get stoked. Especially when they're, like, doing good work. Because that's right. what matters at the end of it. It doesn't matter, like... Uh, <sighs> the easiest revelation for me is that the getting there is the destination. Yeah. Like, whatever you get. Yeah. Which, for me, I've managed to build a... <laughs> despite my best efforts, relatively sustainable band mm-hmm. <laughs> that operates, I'm pretty sure, like no other. If there is another one out there, I would love, I would love to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to get some advice. <laughs> but uh, how I arrived to it is not something anyone else could do. So this, yeah. is, this is just me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that has taken this path. But I think in a lot of things in life that that can be said. And the way that I found to make it work is to take every aspect the good the bad the indifferent uh, wrap it all together and lean into it mm-hmm. and part of it's you know there's been some sort of epiphanies of like oh this thing that I thought I was great at turns out I'm a little mediocre at it <laughs> it's not bad no. it's just mediocre and there's no time for mediocrity in this world so okay let's not do that <laughs> I'll do this instead cool and you know can that be a blow to the ego of course mm-hmm. but I'd rather know <laughs> than not. And when you're talking about trying to give that artistic exchange back, you want to do like your best effort for everything. Yeah. And like these things, and the, these things in this situation is the PRF. You see so many bands and different types of artists bringing their thing to it, and mm-hmm. like you know, you know, it's like the thirty-minute philosophy, right? You've got this amount of time, and what are you going to do with your time, right? Right. And to be around stuff like that's so casually inspiring. I mean, one of the reasons why Secret Friends even came together was after a particularly good Nonagon set that I saw. That's what actually originally ground the wheels in motion. As I mentioned to you, not during this, something that I think John Hasty didn't, still didn't quite understand, even if I was explaining to him. But I, I get it. You don't have to understand it. You already like accomplished what you need to accomplish by just being you guys right. and doing your thing. And that caused this... You know, nuclear reaction over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that, like, you know, uh, what is it? Butterfly effect. <laughs> so blame Hasty. <laughs> um, was it going with that? Oh yeah. So so, but that was something that resonated with me specifically because it was just them seeing them be their best selves and mm-hmm. be, be very comfortable in what they do and providing that artistic exchange and that's vital to me mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about mm-hmm. and most of my favorite artists have some you know they connect on some levels in that way like I don't have any time for artifice mm-hmm. and 
we were taking we <laughs> we're taking promo photos in the snow with Valerie mm-hmm. and because uh, she offered and I was like oh yeah sure that'll be awesome and she was like so is this campy because you're dressed up all crazy and I'm like I'm like it's not campy right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm deadly serious about the ridiculousness I'm putting forward right now uh, but it's also part of that presentation is okay basically this is a heavy band mm-hmm. it's a heavy weird heavy rock music mm-hmm. it's not metal mm-hmm. it's weird heavy rock music I can't stand the jeans and black t-shirt crew of just everyone frowning all the time. Right. Enemy of smiles. Like, not for me. So, I'm, I had this thing like, well, I want to change up what I'm doing. I'm like, well, what if I went full on, like, Glenn Campbell here? Mm. And just, like, we'll play the same kind of music, but it's just going to be a really crazy, ostentatious display. Because, for fuck's sake, my name's on the marquee, if marquee there be. If the marquee's only in the mind of the, of the audience yeah. like I'm gonna lean into it mm-hmm. I can be a controversial figure sometimes mm-hmm. just by nature of being me so lean into mm-hmm. it I've been controversialized make that part of the uh, part of the hook and in a way I think it brings a more fun element to I hope brings a more fun element to the <laughs> music that it can be a hook for people that maybe otherwise wouldn't listen to a band that sounds like that. Well, and also to to bring it back to Nick Cave, I mean, you it also gives you the opportunity to have that Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Yeah. Um, but at any point, you could also just pull yourself away, and you can be in another Mount Vicious or Victory and Associates. Absolutely. You can be in another band. It's, it's not my sole band. identity right, is, exactly. is, is the band. Yeah. But in the same way as Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, it's also something where we could put out three records in one year or no records for three years. And they right. could live on the shelf yeah. and do just fine and come back down. And, and, and at this point, I, mean, I couldn't even imagine. I've got so many ideas for this band that like I couldn't imagine right now that ideas anytime soon. As long, you know, as long as people seem to be engaged with it on whatever, right. on whatever basis, I'm not going to slow down. But that that is a very good point because it is, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, you know, I get it, it's a long band name, but when people like, you know, are making Facebook events or like putting it on the board, I'm like, you need to put the full band name. Right. Well, we don't want to. Well but you need to. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> because that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. It's not me with an acoustic guitar. Right. Yeah. You know, this isn't Bob Dylan, this yeah. is Bob Dylan and the band. <laughs> well so so one one last question. Sure. And uh, I'll, I'll keep the answer to thirty minutes or less. <laughs> right. Um so uh and and Usually, I, I just go one way with this question, but I want to go two ways. So, okay. so um, uh, if someone was trying to get into Nick Cave, yeah. It, so, typically, what I ask is, what is where is a place for someone to start? But the the other part that I want to ask you mm-hmm. is, since you apply Nick Cave's work mm-hmm. aesthetic, is there an album? Uh, or like a short run of albums or mm-hmm. something that that is uh, sort of indicative of that work ethic. Oh, interesting. Okay, so okay, so first of all, I think if you're gonna say a, a go-to record, and and honestly, it would depend on who's asking. Because mm-hmm. so for some people, I would say murder ballads. For some, I would say let love in, and for some, I would say dig Lazarus dig. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. That said, it depend on the personality type, depending on like what I knew about the person. But any well, one of those, well, just I'm curious, what would you say for me? 
Because I, I out of those, I, I have a feeling what you'd pick, but I, but you know more about Nick Cave. Than... I would actually probably put you on Mud Love in. Okay, I think right. I think you I think okay. you connected that one. I would. The the <laughs> some people that are from more rocker perspective, I would say Dig Lazarus Dig because it's like again, it's a weird sleazy Vegas rock work. And if you like it, I'm like, well, there's much more Southern Gothic stuff. Right. There's a bunch, of, you know. But like, I think there's a good mix of like the modeling and then the Rauka stuff on Let Love In that I think is a good okay uh, would be a good starting point for you. Uh, but for some people, I'd say Murder Bells because I just think like I think especially Murder Bells, I think is the uh, one of the best summations of what Nick Cave does for the non musician. Okay. And I say that because they're going to be focused on the vocals. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the ones with there's the duets with P.J. Harvey and with Kylie Minogue, and it's it's a real you get a really good idea of uh, Nick Cave's world. Mm-hmm. As far as runner records, I think I think Avatar Blues is incredibly underrated, and that run Avatar Blues, Lyric Orpheus to Dig Lazarus Dig is fantastic, and most people just don't seem to know it. Mm-hmm. So where can people find Secret Friends? and yeah. everything on the internet. So Conan Neutron, the Secret Friends, uh, NeutronFriends.com, NeutronFriends.BandCamp.com is, you know, at this moment in time, you can get everything there, and as the singles continue to come out, that's where they are at. They're on the other platforms, usually a month after they're released on BandCamp. Most of you my personal disdain for most of those other platforms, but... No, in full well that you know we're not writing manifestos in the woods here. Right. <laughs> These are meant to be shared. Um, I think you can even get like the all in discography for whatever whatever it is too, and just get everything we've ever done thus far. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, just kind of neutron. There's no band presence in that. There's a Facebook page. We never look at it. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for doing this. Fun. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. I, I appreciate you having. The Operative is produced in conjunction with Radio Nope. For a full listing, go to radionope.com.